You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra, which is my new ridiculous intro that will always, always make me laugh. Um, I am one of your hosts here, uh, The Lift or Mark uh, from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight I have two individuals, my legendary and always faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and we also have a special guest with us tonight and that special guest is the saucy mailman i was gonna try to do the the really high-pitched introduction for that you do on your show saucy but uh-huh i did i i'm not gonna i'm chickened out yeah i can't i mean you had the you had the sweet like gruff avarosian hearthguard style intro so i think that was fine I was trying to channel my inner viking like my inner northlander for oh, it and okay. then add a southern accent yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> it got that southern draw at the end. I wanted to get a little I, I want to get a little bit of both. A little This is my Viking accent down here where all of us Vikings live. You know, you know, a southern accent is kind of like the southern accent is to the United States as a French accent is to Europe in that you just stop pronouncing half the letters. You know, it's true. So, you know, in that case, we could just go, and everyone knows what we're saying. I can't can't really quit now picturing the hearth guard with a glass of sweet tea in one hand and a dead crocodile in the other. And that's all that I can see. (laughs) And that's all I will be able to see. Um, You know, typically, once we tell us who's here, I ask how you're doing. But uh, let's, let's start with Saucy. Saucy, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. We were all uh, before show just hanging out and talking. We've all had very long days. Uh, I'm semi, I'm slightly tired, but it's okay. You know, I'm energized, chilling with chilling with a couple cool dudes. We're probably going to talk about 10% Legends of Runeterra, 20% Pokemon TCG, and the rest is who knows. <laughs> yeah, who has any idea? Get ready for the worst episode of our podcast you've ever had. Oh, and, yeah. And That's the what best. I do. The best and the best. It'll be the mini tribes under one banner. <laughs> the announcement that we're switching to uh, the Pokemon TCG podcast. Yes. Uh, this is our final Runeterra episode. Uh, yep. Thanks yep. everybody for joining. Yep. We're going to start mm-hmm. in the new Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yep. Discord League, you're still signed up. You can't get out of it. We're switching it over to Pokemon. Yeah. yeah so it's go buy your cards. Pokecast. <laughs> Poke- <Yeah>. Pokecast. <laughs> that, let's face it. That name is almost certainly taken. That has to 100%. be used. Yeah, <laughs> someone has Pokecast. There's no way we're getting. There's no way we're getting that. Not a chance. Not a chance. I was trying to think of a worse CCG uh, to, to move to, and well, you know, Pokemon is is I. You know what? I played Pokemon. Uh, like someone gave me a box of old cards, and I made a couple of decks, and my brother and I played, and even with like. It was only like uh, the first set and like the rocket set. And even with those sets, we played twice. And we were like, I understand why people played this, but this still isn't a tremendous amount of fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's it's a, uh, I feel like it's It's got to be something of an acquired taste. (laughs) Yeah, it's a different game. It just plays differently. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Any any game that moved away from magic and still has basically the same key core problem, which is land efficiency, just ticks yeah. me off. <laughs> which it's it kind like, of learn the lesson from magic or don't be a game. And like I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. that, and this is somebody who hasn't played the Pokemon card game since sixth grade, and in sixth grade did not play it by the rules. So I, I really <laughs> I don't know a literal thing about it. What even are rules? <laughs> yeah. You really don't need them Overrated. for card games. You don't need them for card no. games. Um they're, yeah you don't need them at all. DBN, how are we you make doing our man? Own rules. Uh yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Long day, like uh, you know, like everyone. I think we I think we've all had a long I think we've all had a long day. Um but uh I'm actually pretty excited about the uh, the podcast tonight, but also just like this upcoming environment. For some reason this hatch really tickled my fancy. I think it's because they kind of buffed a couple of things that I was really happy about and also just acknowledged maybe that um Noxus is super linear. Uh, or no, maybe not linear, but super um, mono flavor. Like you really don't have a lot of different ways to play in Oxus. You're kind of forced to play one way or or meme. But like, I do love my solid competitive off medalists, and so I'm I'm looking forward to toying around with some of the buffs. But also just happy that they acknowledged that that was the case and made some changes to uh, reflect that. So that that's really exciting for me because Noxus was my original favorite until the how boring it was to only play one way uh, made me betray them and go over to play Bilgewater, my now true true favorite, in, in very piratical fashion, by the way. Piratical. Yeah, that, that, and it like, fits thematically, too. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, that I abandoned my old home and became a pirate in Bilgewater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what, what was your guys' week like in Runeterra? Uh, you know, how, uh, I, you know, I, I know that um, at this point, for all three of us, uh, Vault is not all that exciting. It's just a lot of shards, maybe. Um, but but shards are great. Uh, what were you guys experimenting with and playing? And, and you know what? The, the deck may be like, uh, this was fun, and you can't play it because, <laughs> because of the patch that just came out. But I still think it's interesting to hear kind of like what you were toying around with and what you were doing in... Uh, in Runeterra, you know, this past week. Uh, Saucy, why don't you tell us what you were playing and what you were messing around with? The two decks, I think, that were the most successful that we were messing with was a, a Fizz Lucian deck um, that was doing really well uh, with Chain Vest being an all-star um, on the, the Monkey Idol is really sick because it just makes a whole bunch more monkeys. Um, and it has un had Unyielding Spirit, full three copies. Uh, because that on Lucian is real good, and that on Fizz is also real good. We were even running a Detain in that deck. Um, it was actually pretty strong. And then the the actual deck that I built uh, that is going to be even stronger come right now as the patch is live is Keg Nivia using Anivia, Gangplank, the Dreadway, all the Steel cards. Um, it's very good. Anivia with the Dreadway is a very stupid combo. Um, and you can, I had uh, a Nivea hit for 12 damage off her ability with the Dreadway yeah. out and some kegs. Oh my so. gosh. Wait, is the Dreadway the boat? Yeah. That doubles all your damage of your abilities oh, and yeah. attacks. Oh so, yeah. So yeah, it makes her, her glacial storm hits for twice what it should. And if you have a couple kegs that could go 10 plus real easy. <laughs> oh wow. That's not, that's nutty. That's nutty. Yep. Uh yeah, it's really cool. Well, the the and the good news is we'll talk about this in patch notes. And well, the steel cards got worse, but the 
but Anivia got better, which is probably the, the steel cards got exactly the same as they were before. Uh, they got theoretically worse, but they work identical to how they did. Yeah, it's only it's is a nerf in like very specific matchups. Yeah, but that that's it. It's the same. It's a nerf against frail yard matchups. Yeah, that's it. It's <laughs> but a nerf yeah, they still. <laughs> I mean, pilfered goods is still a two mana draw two at burst speed. So yeah, yeah that that. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So the only <laughs> yeah. legitimate that, that's nerf starting to get into patches. Easier yeah. to get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Easier to get rid of black market merchant. That that's easy, true. Easier to remove that. Okay. Yeah. Easier to remove that. But uh, yeah, DBM. What were you checking Wait, out? Did the merchant get? Did the black market merchant get a stat decrease? Yeah. Health yes. reduction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed mm. that one. Yep. Oh. DBM. What were you? It was playing? towards the end. Yeah, it, okay. it's at the very bottom of the patch notes, as if it wasn't important, but I think it's important. Okay. Um, so what was I playing with? Yeah, what were you I'm not going to make you ask it for the third time. Sorry. We I can't. Hey, what were you? Hey, uh, DBN, question for you yeah, from yeah, me, what, I guess. Uh -huh. What okay, were you yeah. playing with this past week? Just curious. All right, patch note time. <laughs> yeah, and let's move on to You'll the never news. know. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, so interestingly, not as much getting I didn't get to play too too much. Um, just mostly because um I was very, very busy this last weekend, but then I, I was actually spending more time kind of looking at other people's gameplay, and then actually uh Mark and I got to we worked on casting uh, one of the Discord League uh games that uh, oh, some, nice. of us, some people sent us um so that kind of took up my time actually was kind of looking at that stuff and i still need to finish kind of putting it up on youtube but it's basically together so i'm going to do that um but we're hoping to kind of cast some of those games but that meant that i didn't play so much uh i did play a little bit of the deck that i talked about last week which i i've named the uh, ice bucket challengers um which is <laughs> That's a, a little throwback i like that there you go. I like it's, that. it's a it's a fiora ash deck that runs just a ton of challenger and deck buffing alongside the silverwing vanguard i talked about it last week but i know you weren't here uh last week mailman uh, <laughs> i wasn't so... but i was here in spirit i'm yeah. always yeah here. oh it's clearly always. we we feel that and it's it's good energy there's good energy in the gym um so yeah, Silverwing Vanguard, really interesting when with a lot of deck buffing. And then also just like because elusives were kind of coming back, I was like, let's create a deck with a ton of challenger. It'll be hilarious. Um But besides that, the only other thing that I really did uh mess with a decent amount was I was testing my current strongest deck, I think. And I don't know how many it's probably not as strong now that Curse Keeper got nerfed. Uh, but it's still probably decent, which is my Callista Lucian. Uh, deck and a uh, very aggro list that's running the undying and really just trying to yeah. get lots of bodies out and it's it's so fun and i think the build that i have is very very well tuned um because i've played it a lot but i decided i wanted to try out um the ancient croca crocolisk yeah we talked to bvg about that he was bringing up how he really liked it in um uh endure like they who endure lists and stuff mm -hmm. uh, with Callista. so i went ahead and gave it a try and i tinkered with my deck a little bit i actually dropped the wraith callers that i was running and i did not like it and really so I quickly i quickly reverted well the reason being is um what i love about the build that i'm currently running is that there's only a few things that capitalize off of killing things uh 
which I know sounds kind of counterintuitive to a deck based around killing things, but I'm trying to go as wide as humanly possible yeah. in order for them to make the trades on my things, yeah. thus killing them, thus leveling things up. And when I got the Crocless, it was mitigating my ability to go wide. And it was also um, just one of the situations where it was too, it was dead in my hand too many times where it would have been, it was strictly better for me to play other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I found to be a bit of a problem. So I, I reverted back to the Wraith Callers and immediately saw my success back <laughs> again. I think if you're trying to, like you said, yours is more aggressive. If you're trying to be more aggressive, Wraith Callers better. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to be more mid-range, I think Croc's fantastic. But yeah, it, like if that's the, like I played a version that was more mid-range, but I was playing like Judgments and stuff as well. Like it was definitely way slower. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, if you didn't know, I did voice Crocolisk, so that's not true. No, <laughs> that would be that yes, would be very is. cool. Yes, it is true. Excited. It is we'll true. We'll make it true. We'll, we're gonna make it true. Let's mm -hmm. get a revoice on Crocolis. Yeah. up. Yeah, let's get uh, that next patch. Uh, Saucy Mailman's voiceover <laughs> for Crocolis in the next patch. Yep. It's been announced right here. You heard it yeah. here. It's official. I did Starlet first. Seer. It's official. Uh, I'm the voice of Starlet Seer, Nautilus. <laughs> Uh, Agent Crocolisk, uh, you know, Fizz, uh, the list goes on and on. Oh, that's Amorosi right. and Hearthguard. So many those, check the credits, everybody. It's true. Uh huh. I just yep. have a lot of aliases. Mm. That's right. Mm. Yeah, those are all of his. Uh, what do they call it when you have uh, uh, like a pen, pen name? name? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one of the only reasons that you've Beautiful. been playing Anivia recently is because you're you are the noise of the wind. As yeah. as Anivia's uh, uh that R2D2 style off. voice yeah. acting, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I make all the oh, sound sick. effects for like the uh, the companions and stuff when they do sounds. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> like my powder monkey. <laughs> yeah, I love my powder monkey. He's my bud. Powder monkey's great. Well, this yes. week I started messing around with the deck that probably isn't good anymore. But I played, uh, I I was playing the Callista They Who Endure list with the Croc that uh, BBG had talked about last week, and um, that is a controller. It's a more control mid range deck for sure, and and that's why Croc works so well in it because it levels up Callista and gives you a seven seven blocker um, that ties you through for a portion of the game. But I wanted to switch it up because I really wanted to use Unyielding Spirit. And I felt like Unyielding Spirit was a going to get nerfed, and I wasn't wrong. Um, and uh, and I because I wanted to I wanted to mess around with it before it was gone forever. And because uh, I felt like there's really not many ways to adjust this card without punishing it to the point that it's never played competitively again. And so uh, I played it with uh, with Garen. So I played Garen Callista, which played a lot of the they they who endure early game package, so that you could level up Callista and threaten that pretty easily. But then it played a really heavier mid-range uh, sort of thing going on with the Garen, the leveled up Garen with the you can't kill me feature um, and I can't take damage is pretty, pretty strong, pretty strong. Like, okay, it's your turn. You can play something, but I'm going to attack you um, yep. <laughs> every round. So you either have to open attack or be punished. It puts your opponent in such a terrible position if they're not running Ionia and can just will it um, or Ruination, which isn't even out there right now. Um, and, it doesn't uh, kill it either. 
Oh, that's right. Ruination doesn't kill it. So no, oh, yeah, I guess, do I guess that doesn't do anything to me. Um, All they can was, do is obliterate it or throw it back. Yeah, I had a really good record with that deck. Um, a really good record. It just seemed like by the time they were able to deal with the early game and, and deal with Callista, they just didn't have the resources to deal with the Garen that was hitting the board. Um, and it just seemed like in some ways, Garen maybe didn't end the game through atrocity because he couldn't, but he did end the game just, just being straight up oppressive. You just couldn't stop him. Um, and uh, I think that is where Garen maybe shines the most is in a situation where your opponent has already wasted a good bit of its removal and its resources to deal with your early game. And Garen just comes down. And it's like, hey, you don't have a really good way to deal with this anymore. And now I'm just going to punish you with it. Um, because yep. once he levels up, oh my gosh, he's so strong. He's really strong. And he's guy. easy to level up, especially if you're running any standalone or uh, single combats. So easy. Yeah, yeah. I was playing single combats and one, what is it, consecrated strike? No, not consecrated. Yeah. Coordinated strike? Is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. One Con of, uh, it's some dumb concerted, word strike. Concerted yeah, strike? Concerted strike. Oh. It's a made up word. It's yeah. not even real. It's not a real word. So we don't have to pronounce what it. What is correctly. language? I don't have to pronounce Let's it. Make correctly. it up. <laughs> it's a yordle word. Mm hmm. Well, uh, we do want to uh, make sure that, I mean, we've done all this because we know you, Saucy, because you've been in our Discord and you've been part of our community from from really early on, which I deeply appreciate and, and love having you as part of it. But I do want to move over to an interview so that people can get to know you a little bit more. Oh, okay. I can do that. Also, sometimes I pause randomly so that I can insert audio in between <laughs> towards the end. Audio, go. Uh, I'm going to pause. <laughs> and we're going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you have to do your best Draven impersonation, you know? We use a lot it's of the ones Draven, Draven time. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, we do. Oh, we there, do we use just a lot use of that. We use that. We, we clipped it out. In fact, we'll use it for every other episode. You, know? you can. I eventually I give you, this we'll is replace. my permission. You can use it. Yeah, eventually we'll replace all of the clips we've been using with Saucy Mailman's impressions of them. Oh, it'll yeah. be perfect. It'll yes. be brilliant. It'll be brilliant. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna actually edit any of that out. I'm gonna leave every bit of that in. Um, and we're I not like messing with. I, I love messing with Mark and his editing. You know, trying to throw it off by like forcing him to edit things and he does where he doesn't want it or, or isn't expecting it. <laughs> type typing. And we'll cut that one out. Typing. We'll cut that out. He'll like type real loud on the keyboard. I'll be like, we're recording in three, two, and it's a like, <laughs> editor, editor, cut that out. Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> now it's a party. Well, Sazi, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about, uh, you know, we'd love to know kind of what got you into card games, into Legends of Runeterra, and uh, into the streaming scene in general, because you stream, you have a podcast, you have a YouTube that's very popular, you put out a lot of the patch stuff, uh, infographics for patch stuff as well, that has been, um, you know, we've used it on our show on multiple occasions just to have a quick reference for things. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into card games and streaming and things. Yeah, so uh, I got into card games, funny enough, was from Pokemon TCG when I was a, a wee lad. Nice. Um, and I also did not play by any of the rules. Uh, I had my my very first time I went to like an actual game store and played completely different than everyone else and was told that was wrong. Um, 
I've been playing, so I've been playing Magic the Gathering uh, for about 16 years now. So that's kind of like what got me actually into card games. Um, I was, uh, I'm a graphic designer, so I'm an, I do, I don't do as much art now, but I used to be uh, heavy into artwork and comics and painting. Uh, I wanted to be a comic book artist and I got into Magic because of the, the artwork. Um, I loved all the art on the cards. I thought it was super cool. Um, and I collected them solely because of the artwork and didn't even know there was a game involved with it originally. Oh, wow. Uh, and then found out, yeah, I was just like, I loved the art. So I'd go and buy boosters and just like collect the art and put them in binders. Um, and then I had friends who were like, hey, no, like we actually play this game. And so started playing it, uh, got super competitive. Uh, went, I was a tournament grinder with Magic for a long time. I was traveling to different uh, Grand Prix and uh, that's, that's like what uh, the thing I did for a long time. Um, it got it's very uh, for those who play Magic the Gathering know that there's a large financial uh, aspect to playing Magic the Gathering, and it got yes. quite expensive. Yeah, <laughs> um, yep. there's a big commitment there. Yeah, so uh, I started I started having less and less time and money for Magic um, as I was you know doing real life and working and bu trying to buy a house and whatnot. So I started streaming. Um, and I started streaming Hearthstone. So I got really big into Hearthstone because I was like, this is like a Magic the Gathering style game that I could play anytime. I can log on and do a draft or log on and play against people. And I don't have to go to my card store to do it. Um, so I played Hearthstone from the closed beta up until when Legend of Matera closed beta came out. That's when I stopped playing Hearthstone. Uh, and I did that full time for a long, long while producing content for Hearthstone. Um, fell out of love with it for many reasons. Once I, I was actually not interested in Legend of Terror at all. Um, and I, I threw a mutual friend, like, you should check it out. So I didn't get, I didn't have an original invite, but I actually reached out to one of their community managers. I was like, hey, you know, I stream Hearthstone, blah, blah, blah. And sh she sent me a code for the first closed beta, played it and became hooked. Um, like instantly fell in love with it. Uh, and then I met... I uh, went out to, I was out, out at BlizzCon, met my co-host for the podcast that I do. And we, we both decided like, let's just make a Runeterra podcast. The game wasn't even out. It was in between beta seasons. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, let's put out our first episode like now. So we were releasing podcast content for a game that wasn't out. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I, there's something about this game. It just, I, I really love it. Um, dealing with Riot themselves. They've been awesome. All the community managers are great. And the community itself, this has been the most healthy uh, gaming community I've been a part of. Uh, Magic is a terribly toxic community. Um, <laughs> yes. Hearthstone, yes, yeah, Hearthstone is not much better. It was, I mean, the amount of, I got legitimate, this is not a joke, legitimate death threats from people when I quit Hearthstone. Um, and like the people of Ruterra, like everyone in your guys' community is so nice. Uh, everyone's so friendly. People are trading deck lists. Um, we're all just, you know, having a good time. And it's been very good for my mental well-being and my soul. Like how like wholesome this community's been compared to all the other card game communities I've been a part of. Well, Saucy, we've actually said this. I said this on the show before, but I started into podcasting with a Hearthstone podcast called Fireside Talks. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one of the one of the pieces of our Fireside Talks episodes was I would read on on the on the show the things I would always accept friend requests from people who I yeah, beat every beat time. Me. And then whatever they would say, I would I would save and then I would read the horrible things that people said to me because I beat them in Hearthstone, which just yeah. gave an example of how really toxic the, the community was. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it was rough. Like your mother should have bludgeoned you to death with a brick type of things. Like just oh like, yeah, always. Um, really yeah. nice comments. <laughs> really, oh, really the, nice the greatest of people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. You know, I actually I started in the Pokemon TCG as well. I actually started in in younger it, it, with like a battle. I can't even remember. Me and DBN found the deck or found the game, right? The battle tech game or whatever. There was like a mech yeah. card game. We found it at one oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I started playing that and then Pokemon and then uh, Magic and then Yu-Gi-Oh! And then, and then back to Magic until Hearthstone. And like you... Um, I just couldn't keep up with the financial commitment of it. My brother became, he started going to Grand Prix and, and that was the person that I played with. And when mm -hmm. your brother has like the, like a hollowed out modern deck and you have the cards that you've collected that are garbage, but you think are cool yeah. because you really want to play rats in a deck. Um, it's not yep. fun to play against that person. Um, and so I, I sold my cards and got out of it and moved over to digital gaming um, which of course eventually led me to uh, with Tessel, and then and then from Tessel mm -hmm. over to Legends of Runeterra when when Tessel got canceled. Um, so that's really cool. You know, we kind of have a through that time a similar history with with card games because, like you, I don't know how long I've been playing card games, but probably from about sixth grade. I'm 32, so for a while, for a hot second, yeah. <laughs> I think I yeah, was in Mag sixth grade. Magic's Magic's interesting. Like I, so I still, I, I have a, I still have a semi-sizable magic collection, but I treat it more like stocks. And I'm into, I'm super into like magic finance. I think it's very interesting how cards fluctuate. But yeah, when I started uh, getting into Hearthstone and streaming, I actually sold. I, I was huge into Legacy, so that's the format I played. For those mm. who played Magic, you'll appreciate that. So I sold all my competitive ma uh, Legacy decks and actually bought a house with that money. So that's what paid for our. Uh, paid for a house oh my gosh <laughs> yep yeah it's so much money dude it's crazy yeah uh, my brother's buddy just sold his collection for uh like thirty four thousand dollars um yep oh so it's real easy to do yeah uh insane game. my brother my brother not so much uh he he made a lot of money back but he was a modern player which was a little mm -hmm. bit different and actually the reason he got out of it was because of the how uh, volatile the magic market for the economy of it became yeah. when they started reprinting stuff in modern masters and you know cards that he had that be worth hundreds of dollars would would drop 60 70 80 yeah. overnight um and uh, and he just couldn't deal with it but uh we did have a couple of questions that came in over the discord which um there's one good really good serious question from Temple. <laughs> we've got 38 questions and only one of them's good yeah um <laughs> well, they're all good they're just not all serious <laughs> you guys need to step up your question game. um yeah so big salty asks uh what beard products do you are you are used wait what is, what i'm just gonna ask it better what beard products do you use so i use um uh all the products from the company called viking revolution um, I have actually, I have a link to all of these. I don't know if you guys want to put them in show notes, but uh, I, I use kit.co. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but if you go to kit.co slash saucy mailman, there's all of my beard care products, uh, including like <laughs> the brushes I use. And cause I get asked this question on stream. So I just made a command for it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the super, super affordable, which is a thing that I like cause I'm cheap. Uh, but, and they're on Amazon prime. So Dude. yeah. Holy crap. Viking Revolution. You're riding Sejuani's hog in this. Yes, I am. Yeah. Did you uh, make uh, that? I didn't actually. Uh, one of my one of my viewers made that for me as a gift. 
That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll include that. The kit.co slash sauce email man in, in the chat. How long have you been growing your beard? This is from uh, Royal uh, Shine. This is, I think, about two years, question mark? Somewhere around there. Okay. But I, I mean, I do I trim it and keep it like in good shape. Uh, but yeah, I'd say I've been, I've been growing a beard for about two years or so. I do. I'm gonna just let it go though. We're gonna get it to my knees. We'll braid it. Embrace the true uh, Avarosian Hearthguard that I am. <laughs> nice. But my brother, who we've already talked about because of magic, is on. He's on like uh, one in I don't know one year, eight months of his two year beard. So it's it's very similar. He doesn't trim it as much though, so he looks like a psychopath. Um, yeah, I I keep it I keep it like shaped up. Like, I figure if I'm going to be on camera, you know, five, six days a week, I need to look okay, but yeah. Well, he's he's a butcher, oh. so he has to roll it up like a scroll and tuck it into a hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, it's got to be uncomfortable. Which is funny. Uh, Gibbles and Bits asked a, a really great question, which is, when you go to Chick-fil-A, what kind of sauce fits a saucy mailman? Uh, I like buffalo sauce quite a bit. My favorite sauce, mm. like that, I put on literally everything. Is sriracha. I put sriracha on like everything. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm also a big just ranch dressing fan. Like I like the spicy chicken sandwich with ranch dressing. Like that's a classic. Mm. Classic. Mm. I love you their love buffalo that. sauce. It's so good. Their buffalo the sauce, buffalo is sauce really and good. the ranch together. You mix them. Mm. Mm. They know good, they sauce, have good sauces. They do know sauce. The, just, the, just the Chick-fil-A sauce. I can yeah. put on those fries. That's 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 where I'm going. I like, I like that on the fries that. and the grilled. I like to get the Polynesian sauce mm. and take it home, right, and use okay. it on other things, like when I'm cooking. So, like, I'll sometimes put that, like, uh, like instead of, like, because like, I cook a lot of ramen because it's affordable and super easy, right? I'm a dead broke nerd after all. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll yeah. take home like I'll take home like uh the different sauces and like try them out on the ramen. Like obviously not like ketchup or ranch or anything like that. No, because you're not like, insane. The, yeah, I'm no, not crazy. You, you poor yeah, ranch. Like, I actually tried like I tried the Polynesian with the ramen. It was okay, you know. But I don't like using the little I don't like using the like the salt packets of flavored salt that they give you no nah, dude you do ramen and you stir in honey mustard don't lie to me it's just honey no, mustard no, definitely not the honey mustard bro <laughs> but honey mustard's my jam dude that honey get mustard. some chicken honey good. get some chicken some chips with honey mustard mm. yes some dino yeah. nuggets Whoa. let's go okay quick but i actually i will say about the 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 honey mustard and the thing the other thing that i started doing was like i make a lot of like tuna salad and chicken salad and stuff I'll try some of the Chick-fil-A sauces in there. Like okay. I'll go yeah. like some some mayo, but then put a Polynesian in there and like yeah. changes the flavor profile. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I'm all about it. That's like that's some good stuff. What I'm really hearing, DBN, is you actually just like Polynesian sauce and you like it so much that you're willing to put it on other things. It's, uh, it's, sir, <laughs> sir, don't you speak for me. Don't you speak I for hear. me. I, I picture it. He's going through the drive-thru, and he, he's like, yeah, I'll get my six-piece nuggets. Like, oh, do you want any sauce? Yeah, 14 Polynesians, 14 Polynesians. Please. Yeah, I'm going to be making yeah. a lot of tuna salad. <laughs> yeah. And ramen. I'm going home to make ramen. I need 14 yeah. Polynesians. That's sauce. what I do. That's what I do when I uh, when I just, like, cook for myself. Like, I, I love cooking, you know. Uh, like, like, last night, I literally made, like, some dope pork tenderloin. But I tell you what. Like if I'm just cooking for myself, just for me, I am lazy as hell. <laughs> Nothing wrong like with just, that. 
I just do not want to spend time in the kitchen if it's just for me. <laughs> so Royal Shide asks a second question. Uh, who is your favorite champion to play as besides Timo? And Medler jumped in on this and said that uh, also the answer for that is Soggy Timo, and Soggy Timo doesn't count, which of course is Fizz. Yeah. So do you have mm-hmm. a favorite champion to play as that is not either Fizz or Timo? Your favorite non-one-drop champion. Ah, <laughs> dang it. It's funny that you all know me so well to just jump in and say, also can't be Fizz. Um, <laughs> real talk. So my very first uh, love in this game in closed beta was uh, the Frelio or Shadow Isles War Mother's Control uh, deck. And Anivia was my favorite champion. Um, I became brutally assessed with Anivia and I always try to make her work every single meta. Uh, I think to play, she's still my favorite champion. Like, I love Fizz and Teemo as just, like, them themselves and their voice lines and, like, the lore behind them. And, like, playing them feels fun. But I think, like, my favorite thing is attacking with Anivia and clearing their board. And it feels very good. So it's got to be Anivia. Okay. Yeah, Anivia is a super cool, super cool uh, champ and uh, was really, really good in the closed beta, too. She had, when she was broken, yeah, back she, when she was a 4-3, 6 mana, and just resurrected at the end of your turn always. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just so stupid. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> she ridiculous. Was, she was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> she was on the okay spectrum. Yeah, yeah she was pretty good. Somewhere um, between okay and nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Pain asked, uh, is there a story behind the name? Saucy so Mailman. So, the story... The story of my name is super epic. It's really not. Uh, I came up with it when I was I was when I was starting streaming. I was playing a lot of uh, Destiny as well, and I was playing games on Steam. I found out you could change your name on Steam whenever you wanted, and so I would just every couple days change my name, a variation of two random words that I thought were funny together. Uh, and put them together. And when I was starting to stream, I was just like, oh, let me go through my my backlog of all of my Steam <laughs> names I've had. Saucy Mailman was on the list. I was like, that's funny. So I looked and saucymailman.com was available. So I registered it. And that's what I signed up for Twitch as. Oh, that's awesome. That <laughs> was it. My, my, I had like a couple others. I think the other one was like a swarm of puppies was the last one that I had used. And just a bunch of stupid crap. But I was like, yeah, this is memorable enough. Whatever. Well, it works. It works. You know, it's, I, it's a pretty good one. I have a very similar mentality with charades. When we play charades with a group of friends, I just combine two very odd words and yeah. write it down. So, like, my two favorite ones were spider bath and lobster grass. Um, and Ooh, it was very lobster fun. grass is good. I was very funny trying to watch people act out lobster grass <laughs> without being able to speak. Like, what? People were like, what is lo- What are you doing? <laughs> so, like, very pinchy. Yeah, it was very, very funny. It like verges <laughs> on the idea of like when when people are just coming up with band names. You know, just take it's two, the exact same thing. Yeah, two you know unrelated you know words that are kind of different that like you don't hear every day. Smash them together and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> as long as people remember it, that's all that matters. That's right. Uh, that's absolutely true. So uh, we had one one very legitimate question that came through from templar 10 he says hey saucy you mentioned on your stream in the past that you don't put any stock in the idea of nerfing things based on their psychological impact on the player base so i imagine like you know this just makes people feel bad but it's not Mm -hmm. good could you please expand on this idea what criteria do you use to determine 
whether you believe something should be nerfed, and then uh, also, are there any exceptions to the rule for you? Yeah, so first, Templar Knight, I love you, and I appreciate this. Um, great, great dude. Uh, so this is this is a discussion that comes up all the time. I, I put a lot of thought, and I study a lot of game design, and just playing card games for so long, I'm very intrigued by... Um, I'm a I'm a data guy, so I'm super into statistics and analytics. So I go through and track a lot of data. I I love that kind of stuff. Um, it's not that I put no stock into it, but I do put very little stock into the uh, psychological uh, effect that cards have on you versus like as reasons for nerfing them. So for instance, uh, let's talk about like Ezreal. Uh, so people at all times will complain about Ezreal no matter what because of his effect is so strong, right? Um, even if Ezreal has a 5% win rate, the time you lose to Ezreal because he flipped over and you lost in one turn, people don't like that. This happens a lot in combo decks in every card game. Uh, people naturally hate combo decks and anything that's associated with a combo deck, they naturally hate it. Even if there's no, like if the deck is hot garbage and has a very low win rate, people just love to hate it. Um, I don't think that that's the reason that cards should and shouldn't be balanced. Um, I prefer to balance things more towards statistics of what's actually good and what's actually oppressive. Uh, I think just like human psychology, you remember the games you lose a lot more than the games you win. And you mm. remember the games that feel bad even more than that. So you'll naturally complain about the things that made you feel bad worse, even though they may not even be good or oppressive. Um, so I think that there are times when there are cards that should be nerfed, uh, and we can talk about it, uh, coming up, but can talk about it now, but unyielding spirit is one. Um, I personally didn't think the card, I, I was fine with the way it worked, but I understand the need to nerf the card because of how bad it feels to lose to. Um, I've always said that the card is balanced in the fact that if a deck is good enough with unyielding spirit to where a meta is, um, defined by it or it's you know the best deck you can tech to beat that like you just play will of ionia and win um but the the how bad it feels to lose that when you're playing a deck that can't deal with it i think is merit enough to nerf the deck uh the card um so i think you should use psychology in some regard in certain cases but one of the big things about card games is people naturally complain about a lot more than they sing praises about. And you'll find this on any online community. You'll find it in any Runeterra Discord, Twitter. Um, you'll find it on Twitch, any single Twitch chat, Reddit, whatever. People are more complaining about the things they don't like than talking about the things they do like. And I don't think that that's what the balanced team should be balancing around. I'd rather them be, hey, this deck has actually got like a 70% win rate or this card when played equals X win rate that is above what we want. Um, I think people don't consider win rate of cards when played enough when they're complaining about things. Um, and we more think about the things that do feel really bad to lose to it. Uh, you know, that's interesting. I think that, um, you know, Unyielding Spirit is a really great example for that because it is one of those cards where we know it probably statistically wasn't one of the most powerful cards in the game. Yeah. However, it felt awful. And it's mm -hmm. one of those hard things that's very difficult to balance. And I think that people need to give dev teams and balance teams a bit more of a break when it comes to sort of some Tough. of this stuff. Yeah. Because you're you're constantly balancing between what is 
what is clearly statistically the most powerful. And you need to adjust that for the actual health of the competitive meta because that does drive people getting into the game. At the same time, you can't have someone dive into the game and feel like they lost in a completely unfair way and never come back to the game again because exactly. you lost the opportunity for revenue. And so there's these two things driving you, making a genuinely awesome game and then creating a game that can actually generate revenue to support the genuinely awesome competitive community that you're trying to create. And that is a really hard that would be a very difficult line to walk, and I don't envy anybody yeah. who's in the position of, of having to make decisions with those two things in their mind. Yeah, and something interesting about Legends of Runeterra that I haven't experienced with other card games, and I think this is because they challenge, they change balance so often, is yeah. the revolving meta that we have in this game. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, we can have a completely different meta from week to week. So balancing cards that might have been super powerful last week that has now been corrected by the meta it feels bad. And I always go back to Ezreal Karma as one of these. Like, right now, I don't, there's not any, unless you're just like, I'm an Ezreal Karma main and that's all I play. Like, no <laughs> one's saying that Ezreal Karma is like a tier S oppressive deck, right? But when you lose to it, it still pisses you off. Like, you're still like, I had no way to win that. Even though you probably did if you rewatch the game, once Karma's flipped and out and Ezreal's flipped and out, you just give up. Um, and it feels really bad to play against but it's not an oppressive deck. Like, it's not seeing a high enough win rate. Like, if you look at all of the posted, uh, like, meta snapshots from, like, Mobilytics and Tempo Storm, they all listed around, like, tier two, low tier two or so. Um, so it's like, if it's really not seeing that much win rate, does it need nerfed? So, it, it, like you said, like you said, it's a really hard thing to balance around. Um, it's a case-by-case -case thing. I think there are some things that, like unyielding spirit are completely fine to balance just because it's it feels so bad um to play against but i i i would rather take statistics and data first over pure emotions yeah no i think that's that's entirely fair and a really good way to have an outlook on things um anything else you want us to tell about yourself before we move on from your interview our interview with you to the news i don't know i don't think i'm that exciting so i can't think of anything well we think you're we think you're pretty exciting Indeed. oh thank you yeah well thank you know uh, we're, we're just thank we're thankful to have you here but um yeah let's let's move on let's go ahead and jump into the news let's boogie this week in the news we had uh, a patch uh 1.4 uh, and it came with a lot of card adjustments and a lot of other things so it came with the end of the season of plunder and if you're like me and you were the smartest individual and you remained in gold, clearly intentionally, had nothing to do with the fact that you're not a good player or that you <laughs> couldn't get past gold or that you didn't have the time to grind games to get past gold, you did receive the coolest version of, uh, of the little badge or the little icon that you get, which is the golden season of plunder icon because you're a pirate and uh, why would you want a purple coin? when you could or a pink coin when you could indeed have a golden pirate coin um but yeah so yeah so that ended you got reset uh for you know partial reset or whatever for uh for your rank and then uh we had a master's lp update which is it's probably important do you either you guys have any comment i i don't know i'm not a master's player i don't think that dbn is a master's player yet uh, i don't know saucy if you are or not um i don't know how big of an impact that actually has you know, on the competitive scene. 
It's I'm... actually a pretty considerable uh, change. Um, so from just from like Masters players in general, a lot of people lost the desire to play once they hit Masters because they didn't feel like um, just the way that the system worked, there's not like enough to work towards. Um, I think it, it, we'll have to see how it plays out because I don't know if this is strictly a visual thing. Like if it's actually just showing your LP uh, instead of, you know, your position or if they actually did systematically change it. Um, if it's just a visual thing and it's just like a psychological thing, I don't think it matters as much. But if it is truly you're going by your LP, I think it helps a lot. Um, just knowing like, hey, I can gain, uh, you know, 20 LP for a win makes you feel better about your win. Then sometimes you'll win a game and go up one rank or no ranks. So um, I think just being able to play towards something, the people who are in masters and are playing the game that much to be there, uh, appreciate being able to, you know, move forward towards a goal. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a big improvement probably for folks who are already in masters. I don't expect it to be the last tweak that they make to what masters no. looks like. Um, it seems like a, uh, it seems like a conservative tweak. Yeah. A conservative tweak. So I expect there to be something else in the future that probably going to come out with when we do see the announcement of some sort of a tournament. I think they want to get that masters, how that works and how people go up and down in masters really, really ironed out before they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to a, a, a full scale competitive environment with a yeah. big scale tournament and stuff. Um, I could be completely wrong about that, but if I were them, I would want to make sure that my master's ladder was what I wanted it to be before I started into a big competitive scene. Um, yeah, I mean, it, this is the first season of the game, too. People people keep forgetting this is the actual first season. So give them some grace to make changes, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to, they're going, and they keep saying they're making the foundational changes. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about is the card changes. And we do have three major champion changes, but we, I feel like, I feel like two of them fit you guys really, like, really, really well, right? Because, um, one of oh, yeah. yeah, and so I will take the first one. We'll like Saucy take the second, and we'll let DBN take the third. And you guys, get, we'll, you know, tell us about it and how it changed, and then we'll each talk about our thought on it. But the first one is Darius. So Darius, um, the only change that we're seeing is at level two. He's moving from a six mana ten five with overwhelm to a six mana. 10-6 with Overwhelm. It gives him a little bit durability. I think that move from 5 to 6 health is not inconsequential. Obviously, it's not, but I think it's pretty significant because there are a tremendous amount of things in this game with 5 attack. And now he trades and could potentially attack again with a lot, with a much wider range of things that are being played right now. Um, you know, Yetis aren't really popular. I expect them to come back, but things like Things like Yetis, things like the Hearth Guard, um, things like uh, the Radiant Guardian, um, the that which is which is very popular right now. There's just a lot of, and they've increased a lot of things to five attack recently um, with mm -hmm. the Moose, and then with another Scout card that we're going to see today. And so I think that that bump to six health once again, it's not like oh my gosh. Darius is so cool now. He isn't just a guy with overwhelm that becomes a bigger guy with overwhelm. He's still a guy with overwhelm that becomes a bigger guy with overwhelm, but he's a little bit bigger than the bigger guy now. A little beefier. A little beefier. Miss some more, more push-ups. A little more swole. 
Yeah. I shouldn't use words like that. Those are words that kids use. I'm I'm over 30. I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, we no can excuse. say school here. Yeah, I get I get yelled at for stuff like that. Stop using that word. You don't know what that word means. <laughs> like I feel like I <laughs> I literally feel like I'm in middle school again and like I I legitimately didn't know what most of the words meant because I was pretty sheltered <laughs> and then and then I I did for a while and now I don't again because I'm old. I'm like an old <laughs> yeah. an old man with kids and and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Now I have no clue what anyone is talking. When people talk on the internet, I literally have no idea what's going on. Like, I don't understand yeah, any of the up. faces or any of the words that you're using. Anyway, DBN, uh, DBN or Saucy, any thoughts on the change no, to Darius? It's so straightforward. I mean, look, I think Darius is going to be just as good in the decks that wanted to play Darius, which aren't many uh, now as before. And I don't know. I mean... I played a little bit of him actually today, and and I mean he's a cool finisher, but I I don't know, I, I I'm not sure. I I always talk about how like plus one defense really matters, but in this case I I really don't know if it does. <laughs> so I I'm pretty cool, but I think they could have done something else, maybe done a little more to make Darius feel unique because right now he feels frankly like a starter hero. You know, mm -hmm. a starter champ. Yeah. And I maybe there's a role for that, but I personally would prefer that to not be the case and to instead there be something that really makes him, you know, stand out. Uh, each one. Even if it's a, just a straight... Like, Garen, I think, is a great starter character. I think Garen is a great example of a starter character that is both useful but also um, simple enough to introduce concepts. I just don't know if I'm getting that from, uh, from Darius. Yeah, I mm. think uh, five to six is big. Um, it makes it to where you have to use generally a, a third spell to remove it because most of our removal is three or two attack, right? So we have like mystic shots, get excited, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so he lives a little longer, like you said, is good. Um, I think I like personally keeping Darius pretty simple. He's one of the, whenever people are wanting to learn the game, he's one of the champions I steered people towards to learn the fundamentals of the game, um, understanding how under overwhelm works, understanding leveling up in combat, um i think he and he's still like even at masters rank people misplay around this guy all the time because we don't see it that much right like there's doesn't get played like you said like people just are not playing darius um and i think that's fine i think he's he's okay he's not a bad champion um he's not overwhelmingly strong um but yeah i agree db and like the decks that want to play him awesome he got a little better i don't think people are going to start rushing to now i'll play darius decks right because he got a one health increase uh, right well and, i mean yeah. in my mind even the one health increase going from five to six in my mind i don't care because in my mind that's a, still a two for one card advantage mm -hmm. like so it, yeah i mean i i guess it, that does kind of get broken up when you have these powder kegs which i do love me some powder kegs mm. uh but you know what i mean like i i just don't i just don't see it being relevant and i guess i i i understand what you mean like directing people to darius he is great at learning and stuff like that but they do have an entire like challenge mode or puzzle mode which is really for that so i i don't know i would like to see him have some sort of small ability on summon at level one just to kind of make him feel a little more unique yeah uh, he is a really cool champ in lor too it, you know in like the slamming things you know the dunking on things and uh you don't really get that feel from him very much he doesn't. He doesn't really feel like a champion. Yeah. He just feels like another. Yeah. He just feels like a normal card. He feels like Cinna. 
as much of a champion as she does. Yeah, yeah. She just like yeah. She has her. She like, just like she okay. gets a little better when something happens. She gets better. <laughs> sure. There's there's no build around with that or anything. Um, yeah, really. Well, uh, Saucy, you want to take us to this next this next card change, this next champion change? Yeah. So the next one we have a mana reduction uh, for Anivia. She's going from seven to six mana. Um, for people who've been following her, she she used to be uh, this cost. So there's a I'm I'm a I'm an Anivia connoisseur. Uh, I said earlier that I, I simp for Anivia. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> so uh, this is actually this is a lot bigger than you think. So I've been playing a ton of Kegnivia and a lot of uh, a War Mother's Control Deep Anivia uh, as well. And the the turns six and seven are the breaking point for the deck in most d- games you play. Like eighty percent of the time, the the difference between six to seven is gigantic. Um, is being able to clear the board with her attack on turn six versus having to wait till turn seven is really, really big for her. So I think this is actually a bigger buff than people are thinking. Like, yes, it doesn't affect her level up and you still have to wait till turn 10 for her to revive. Um, but I think Anivia is not as bad as people think. A lot, she's, if you survey players, she's generally in the bottom tier of uh, champions. But I, I think this is a very big upgrade for her even though it's just one mana yeah i I agree i think i think it's a really big upgrade anytime you adjust down the mana of a card and it can be played earlier opens up a world of possibilities and it it is it any mana change is a bigger difference than i think what most people initially think it's going to be Mm -hmm. i mean just just dropping to six could put anivia in the forefront of of some of the most powerful control decks in the game. It could get us away from some of the karma stuff that was going on, which was typically a lot of the con- only control that you see, and you you could see Anivia being able to compete for that space now in a much more viable way, um, especially because she comes down more towards the middle of the game. DBN, any thought on Anivia going down, or do you want to take us on to the next champion to be adjusted? No, I mean, I I think I don't play enough of it mostly because it's just yeah it doesn't it's just not conducive to the metas we've been seeing because it really wants to be in those ultra grindy control lists oh yeah and and like we've seen metas where either there's like strong top end uh mid-range that that kind of finish games out and close games out and we don't see vengeance seeing a lot of popularity to take care of things like that they get they get tall they go tall as opposed to wide and then before that, we had the karma meta, you know, where you would combo control and, and you, you combo out before the, you know, repeating Anivia's, however you're doing that, you know, whether it be through, you know, uh, uh, War Mother or through like um, uh, Rekindler or whatever, however you're planning to, you know, try to get those Anivia's out and, and surviving long enough, the games were closing out before then. I mean, I like the concept of this coming online a little faster. I mean, having Anivia sit in hand for forever and a half sucks um so yes. but but I, I don't know i cool if we see it i mean I, I i like the direction i like them acknowledging that anivia was weak more than i actually like the the buff one of the things i'm always impressed with is i sit here and and like i think back to like the tesla days i think back to my hearthstone days where i would identify where things could be improved and what cards i'd like to see buffed and what cards felt underwhelming and they would always seem to go in different directions right and i think to now and how i'm you know, kind of evaluating both factional 
but also like mechanics and like themes and stuff like that. And I'm seeing them kind of rhyming those thoughts with mine. And maybe that just, maybe I'm just a better player now, or maybe, and this is what I'd like to think is that they are very cognizant of, you know, the, the balance of these things. And so looking at an and seeing probably, yeah, lower play rate, but also understanding why, and that it's, it's not necessarily the meta also that anivia is underwhelming even when she does come down and you do live long <laughs> enough to get her down so i like that they're correctly targeting areas for improvement and so far the last few rounds of, of balance changes have led me to feel very confident and this is the biggest thing i'm drawing from anivia in and of itself is that i'm it's building even more confidence in their kind of balance decision making yeah i i can agree with that but I have only gained more confidence in the team at Riot's ability to successfully adjust a card game. I, I've never been like, oh, man, like you guys completely screwed the pooch on this one. Um, every yeah. time I've been like, wow, they uh, they they kind of have their finger on things. They clearly actually play the game that they make. Um, so <laughs> that's been good. DBN, tell us about yeah. the last of the three champions that are being that have been adjusted in this recent patch. Oh man, uh, I don't have the patch uh, notes. Oh, do you want me to tell you about it? About. No, 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 I know who you're talking about. You're talking about my boy Brom, aren't you? I am talking oh, about yeah. your boy Brom. The boy mustache Brom. man himself. Mm -hmm. He is he is everyone's best friend. Uh, and if not, he should be. If you're not best friends with Brom, then you're you're a bad person in your heart, and he knows, True. and that's what he mm -hmm. sniffed out, okay? His poro sensibilities uh, have, you know, they say that like, you know, dogs have that sixth sense on if you're a good person or not. You know what I mean? And and that that's also Brom got Brom that. and, and yeah. the Poro yep. friendos. Um but yeah, no, so uh so Brom did get that buff that I've been asking for forever and a half. I mean, like our first episode, right, was called Bleed for Brom because the first deck I built was a Brom self damage deck and so fun. Uh and you know I keep going back to Braum and I've been looking at it for like the last two or three metas being like, man, Braum just is so underwhelming. It's so underwhelming. Uh, and just because there's so many ways to deal with it, but also like he doesn't really help you solidify your board, which you need to against so many other things in this game. Uh, but I tell you what, I am, could not be happier. And I've been playing it literally as we've been recording. Don't judge me. Uh, but I wanted <laughs> to be able to talk about it. I wanted to be able to talk about it and actually have played some Braum. Um, so Braum now, uh, I am pleased to report, is a actually bumped up to four mana, but I think that's very appropriate. I think it's very appropriate considering what we saw, which is a honest, honestly closer to a rework than to a straight yeah. kind of buff or nerf situation. Um, the best thing and the thing that I've been calling for for forever is he did get that one health. I've been saying this for a month. We should give Braum one or one attack. One attack. Me. We should give Braum one attack so that he can clear spiders, so he can damage something, so you can finish it off later, just to make him not completely and utterly useless without something like a take heart going on him. Right? Or a brother's bond or something like that. Um, but the cool new thing is that you kind of get a uh miniature version of the leveled up form in his base form now. So the first time Braum survives damage, you summon a mighty Poro. And I've been playing, I've played three games with a Poro-based uh, Braum deck. A lot of people in our Discord were going a really interesting route, which is a uh, they who endure substitute using Heart of the Floof 
uh, instead oh. of they who endure with Poros um, and Braum, and then of course running Atrocity as kind of that similar sort of playstyle with your. Uh, and I actually think that you can probably get part of the floofed if you play it on curve bigger than you could get they who endure playing it on curve um unless you get like that that crazy god draw you know um so i saw some people mess with that but i went in a different direction um i actually kind of didn't want to go the atrocity route mostly because i am you know for those who who are who know me uh i'm something of a of a ccg hipster and that like if other people are doing it i'm like i've got that thing in the back of my head that says ah, you can come up something different uh so um i actually went um noxus and i decided that i wanted to kind of focus more on getting brahm a leveled up a little faster but i also wanted to highlight um brahm's ability as with challenger to deal with you know things like elusives and other threats and stuff like that and uh i put in like the brothers bond and some transfusions and some noxian fervors and stuff and holy crap like Braum is so cool now because you actually yeah. can build a little bit of, of of board state where before on three yeah you could start charging him up but if at any point in like the three or four turns it takes to get him leveled up they removed him you lost so much tempo and now you get a three three overwhelm to compensate that and honestly with that in mind, the four mana doesn't even feel bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so, it's so, so nice. Yeah, he's yeah, because way on better. three, like on three, he's not doing anything. Like he's no. yeah. blocking. <laughs> Maybe. Well, and because like on three, yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he slows, he prevents damage. That's what Brom does. He'll prevent mm-hmm. the damage. And if you're lucky, you can get a, the combo of the take heart on him. You know, yeah. if you're lucky, right? Um, but now, yeah, he can clear a one drop that they, he can get rid of an omen hawk. Now he can get rid of a spider, right? Um, and so he does have that ability to kind of put a little damage on. And yeah, you still do want to get him leveled up, but that first time he survives damage, boom, you get a three three. And even if they can kill Brom afterwards, which is so easy to do, to be completely frank, you haven't completely lost all tempo. You still have something to show for it. Yep, which is always the problem with them. So I, I mean, I, I absolutely adore this change. It was more than I even asked for, and it's made him feel like so like a much, new champion, like a new champion, but also like he's on the same footing as he was just kind of a joke before, you know. Yeah. And he feels like such like compared, to especially like the champions that came out in Bilgewater. I did fe- I felt a little power creep there with the Bilgewater champs, you know, maybe with the exception of like one or two of them. Um, and so I, I, I kind of felt like, uh, like Brom had kind of fallen behind. Olivia had kind of felt like, she, you know, she'd fallen behind. Oh yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm really loving that they're, they're taking this approach of, you know, they're willing to go back and bring things forward, which is always the problem with power creeping games like Hearthstone was that they would creep and then leave things behind and not try to bring things forward. Um, so I, I, I absolutely adore this. Brom is, oh, it's so nice. Yeah. Saucy, any thoughts about the Brom rework here? No, he's great. Um, I agree about the the new champions coming out seemed like a little power creepy, which it happens in card games, right? But um, this does make him feel like a new champ. The, the the thing we didn't talk about though, he his level two, he also has two power instead of one, but oh, yeah. his health does go from seven to six. So, oh yeah, still fine. It's a, still it's got a regeneration plus one, plus one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of just two health. Um, but no, he he's sweet. Um, I've seen a couple 
my boy Mogwai did really well. I don't know if you guys have seen the, his list from earlier. Um, he went like 20 and four with a Braum Poro deck earlier today. Um, They're legit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like uh, we got some more Poro support we'll talk about, but Braum is exciting to play. Um, he's always been one of my favorite champions. Um, I, I have a pretty sweet Vlad, uh, Vladimir Braum deck that I'm a huge fan of. I love him with all the Crimson Dudes. Um, oh, he's so fun with the disciples and and. But now that because, he makes a Poro, <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, and the other thing too is like Brom was always nice with Take Heart, right? But then you yeah. kind of had to go, what else is good with Take Heart? Otherwise, I'm kind of sitting here for a gimmick, and so yep. that's why it was always great with Crimson Disciple. Go ahead, yeah, <laughs> go ahead and get that buffed up. That feels really yeah. good too. You get that redundancy, but that's yeah. sweet. I love it. I have so never cool. put Brom in a deck. Whoa! I've never. You're playing this game wrong. I've never yeah, clicked sorry, and put Brom in a deck. He might be the only champion. I'm trying to think if there's any other champ from any other faction that I've never played with, and I don't Ooh, believe that's true. Let me see. Man, in the, in the first couple played. weeks, like the first couple weeks of open beta, Braum was like the superstar. He was the anti-aggro card, and everyone was just playing like spider aggro and he was just the stopping yeah like point of that mm -hmm. you played him mm -hmm. you played avalanche like three copies um Man, he was like, like the all-star so good it's gone yeah, right i think now. it's i think it's yeah i think it's better than people give it credit it but be, it's yeah. that's a meta dependent card though it might it be is, back it in is the new but i think there's plenty of meta. times i think there's well i think there's plenty of times where like it you kind of have to structure your creature selection around mm -hmm. the idea that you're playing avalanches otherwise oh, yeah. you're, you're often hurting yourself but like i think in a deck where you can afford to structure those creature choices in such a way that avalanche doesn't punish yourself too often i think it's just always gonna be good value like you can get in the late game and you can set up the trades you know that they don't want you to set up with it and like i don't know i, I think avalanche definitely gets overlooked a lot I agree. While we're on that topic, well, I think it. I think Avalanche is really bad, specifically because it's really good against aggro, and uh, every aggro deck right now runs the Crimson card that deals two damage if it doesn't die, um, and that card uh, alone. If it doesn't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it takes two, if it takes damage but doesn't die, it deals two damage to the enemy nexus. Is that Crimson oh, the disciple? disciple? Yeah, Crimson disciple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That card alone, I think, has it being I mean, so prevalent in all aggro decks has shut down Avalanche. Well, I don't think it's in all aggro decks, but it's definitely the most common ones. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I so like I think Avalanche can also be decent against some some like mid rangey stuff. The problem I think with Avalanche right now is you're right. Like if we saw more of the, you know, more like Shadow Isles mid range stuff. If we saw more like Damasi, although I say Damasi, but it actually wouldn't be that good against Damasi because of things like Rangers Resolve and stuff like that. But you know, I think if we saw like Bilgewater aggro it might see that comeback but yeah whatever it doesn't matter i mean that's not what we're talking about that's not a bad yeah yeah yeah. okay let, let let's let's move on because there's a crazy amount of cards that talk about it and we're nowhere near there so um we'll we'll move through the these ones relatively quickly um ones that aren't as big super mega death rocket uh the level two jinx creates once you empty your hand um deals four to the enemy nexus and one to all the enemies was two mana down to one mana um I guess makes Jinx arguably a bit bigger. I'm not sure I've ever had a problem playing Super Mega Death Rocket whenever I was playing Jinx, because once I emptied my hand to play Jinx, I never had more than two cards in my hand and rarely was, I don't know. I, I don't know how much better that is, but sure, I guess it makes Jinx a little bit better. I have a very interesting take on this. Go ahead. So um, 
I think so. One something I always t- I talk about a lot is mana reduction is uh, further noticed when the card is less mana. So going from two mana to one mana is a gigantic change, right? Versus going from like six mana to five isn't as noticeable, but from two to one is huge. Um, so I think this is a very very clean buff to Jinx without actually having to buff Jinx. So what this does is every player who likes playing Jinx they get a payoff. They get they get a feel validated in playing Jinx. But it doesn't make anyone who's not playing Jinx suddenly want to go rush out and play Jinx. So people mm. who love the card, suddenly they feel like they got something, but everyone else who doesn't play her, it doesn't matter. Like she's still effectively the same, just slightly better. So I think it's a very, very clean buff to Jinx without actually changing the card herself. Yeah. I mean, that is a nice thing that they can do with some of these champions that create other cards. Um Mm-hmm. that they can yeah. change those cards. Um, Chum the water is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's going to be hard to do. Uh, Genevieve Elmhart is uh, is the next buffed card. It is It was a six-mana 4-4 four, four with Challenger and Scout. And when I am summoned, give other allies plus one, plus one this round, which I honestly thought arguably was a pretty strong card. I, I had played her in a Scout deck. Um, but it did not see a lot of play. And uh, she is now a four, a six mana five five that does the same thing. So Scout, Challenger, and is a six mana five five. Um, there is a lot of things in the six mana slot. The thing they said here is there's stiff competition around her cost. Um, yeah. And that is true. It, it, it I don't know that Cethria. it was that she wasn't good. It's That's that Sethria was better. <laughs> yeah, Sethria. You just can't justify playing this over Sethria. You have the to best be in a deck six drop in the though. game. Just the best. Might six be. Drop in the game. She's real good. Cithria is so nuts. Well, and this yeah. might mean that, like, if you're playing a scout heavy deck, a Demacia scout heavy deck, you would play her. And if you were playing a Demacia not scout, you might play Cithria. I still don't know. It's either Cithria or Lux. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing this card, you're playing Cithria too. I think the biggest problem with her is she's in Demacia. If she's in another region, she'd see a lot yeah. more play. Oh, my yeah yeah six uh, six yeah it's just a... i would have loved to have seen her in like noxus noxus has a bunch of six drops and none of them are particularly appetizing she always i always felt like she was a bilgewater card for some reason too i actually didn't know she was demasi the first time i saw her right? yeah in the rise of shadows rising yeah. tides yeah sorry yeah rising tides i was just wearing a rising shadow shirt earlier <laughs> <laughs> i changed like, before the podcast like frail yord or something yeah I'm trying to think of what six drop is better than Cythria, and I'm having a hard time. Uh, said, not champions. Yeah, I there's think not Cythria many. or Lux, maybe. I mean, Cythria or really Leeson, has, has risen. I mean, if we're not talking, cha- I mean, even with champs, I mean, I think there's an Sejuani. argument that Cythria is. I don't know. Like, says you have to build Karma? around. Karma. I don't know because I. Well, I think not anymore. When Karma was a five drop, maybe. Like, I'm just talking. Like, I'm talking like in a bubble, right? Like not build around, not like crafting your your entire game plan. You can slam Cythria and like you can play it in whatever. You can be the top end of aggro. It can be in mid range. You can, I mean, it's just like it's just so standalone good. Like Lee Sin, uh, you have to yeah. build around so much. Oh yeah. Like Cythria, what about Devour of the Depths? Devour of the Depths is pretty bananas. For a six it's pretty drop. bananas, but it's all because you only play it in Sea Monsters, like in one package. I, you know, I've actually I've actually played it in a, a non deep control deck a couple times. 
it gets rid of. I suppose of, you uh, could put it in like. Spirit. Oh, oh, I just was thinking about you could put that in like a deck buffing Freljord list, and that'd be pretty decent. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, obliterate's just good. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that uh, I I she reminds me Cynthia reminds me a lot of what Rasha was, um, at seven. Yeah. Um, where mm-hmm. it was like it was a non-champion card that felt a lot like a champion or more powerful than the other champions in your deck whenever you played them. I and mean, they so- made an emote for it. So clearly yeah. they think it's a champion. I mean, she's, she's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> she might be a champion in League of Legends soon. Oh, really? Oh, is that what yeah. they're gearing up for, maybe? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's so, been that's been the rumor. Our take mm. on Genevieve is uh is that she's not as good as Cythria still. Um Unyielding Spirit. <laughs> Unyielding Spirit oh, was the next yeah. card, and we've alluded to this this episode already, but it is moving. It was the eight mana uh burst spell that made a creature. Uh, you can't d- get damage or die is now an eight mana fast spell instead of an eight mana burst spell, which makes this this card, I'm not going to say unplayable, um, but close. Mm-hmm. Decidedly worse. I mean, really, really worse. I think it this is a very... Thing. It's just the movement yeah. to fast, right? Yeah, okay. I'm really glad they didn't change the effect of this card because I think yeah. the effect is really cool. Um... I think the really cool thing about this change, it needed to happen, right? Like this card at burst speed is dumb. At fast speed makes a lot more sense. I think this, the best thing about this is it makes people become better players at the game because you can't just jam unyielding spirit whenever you feel like it. You Now you have to actually think about when you play the card because your opponent can remove your creature before this results. So yeah. you have to you have to consider your opponent's mana cost. You have to consider what they've already played. Have they already used a vengeance? Have they already used their grasp for your Fiora? Things you have to think about now, um, but you can't just play it and win. So I, I think it just forces <laughs> people to be better. And it makes it makes it more of an off meta choice because mm-hmm. if it's ever meta, yeah. people play around it. If it becomes good again when people blow all their mana, not expecting an unyielding spirit to come down, and then they can't yeah. counter it. So I, I think that's kind of neat in that way, and I, I agree. I'm glad they didn't change the mana cost. I'm glad that they didn't. I mean, we talked about this a week or two ago. We talked about We expected to see it in the last round of balance patches, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah, lot of I people did, correctly. yeah. So, like, I mean, we said, I mean, it said exactly that. Move from uh, from burst to fast. And, and like, like I said, I mean, I think it's good that you can still play your crazy weird combos and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. Um, it's It will never be meta again, in my opinion, because people will start playing around it. Sure. Um, and, and and because now you can play around it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll still be a fun card to play. It'll still be yeah. fun. I'll also be playing just, it. Not great, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, why? Why not? Like, it just requires, yeah. like, like, like Sasha said, you have to be smarter now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a, such a bad thing? <laughs> Next card is Basilisk Rider. This is a, a four mana card from Noxus, and I didn't even realize this card existed, um, <laughs> right? and, and so I didn't even know it was a thing. It was a, a four mana five two with Allegiance. So if the top card of your deck is a a Noxus card, when this is played, it gets a plus one plus one and overwhelm. It's now four mana five three. And if the top card of your deck is Noxus, it is a 6-4 with Overwhelm on 4, which is good. I have no opinion on this. I, I honestly think I saw it played against me one time ever, and I think that was in an expedition. 
Okay, yeah, great. I'm glad you don't have an opinion on this because I have lots. Lots. Sick. I love this because I haven't heard a single actual opinion on this. Here's my opinion. This card would be freaking amazing. Four mana, six, four with Overwhelm is quite, quite good in mid-range. Okay? Yeah. The problem is it requires you to play Allegiance. And the problem with requiring to play Allegiance is that there is no cohesion in Noxus, and there are a nope. ton of terrible cards. Oh, so, yeah. If we are targeting Noxus, like, later game slash mid-rangey things, which clearly they were doing, right? Basilisk Rider is really cool that if we if we could actually make an Allegiance deck. I tried to do it. I sat there with Gibbles and Bits uh, while I was working the escape room, uh, and he was messing with it, and we were, like, looking at Basilisk Rider, like, okay, hey, man, a 4-mana 6-4 with Overwhelm, you can do so much with this, especially if you pair it with something where, like, you're Frostbiting or you're giving it Quick Attack or you're giving it Barrier. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can kind of exploit these big, uh, like, overwhelmed creatures. The problem is you just don't have enough versatility. You don't have enough options in Noxus to make a cohesive Allegiance deck without dipping into, like, the Crimson package, right? Which kind of runs counterpoint to what you're trying to do if you're running these beefy Overwhelm guys, right? But then if you start looking at, like, a more later game package, now I think Captain Farron, I'm going to be really, I think I love this Captain Farron change. But, like, there's also not enough control tools that are, like, that work out like the, the the control tools that nox has got that i was very hyped about i'm very happy with noxian fervor death's hand that we received in in uh, rising tides i think have been really good the problem is they double as aggro tools and so they're being they're kind of slightly under costed but they also cost you board state in the case of noxian fervor where like it's just never going to be as efficient as like a get excited or like gotcha or like, you know, five other removal spells that I can think of. And so like, you're looking at the idea to play control and you're forced into really combo centric things or running Noxus primarily splashed into another color. So just from a like overall theme, I, I do like the Basilisk Rider buff. I do. Cause I want to play it. It makes me want to play a four mana six, four with overwhelmed. <laughs> like sure. that sounds very enticing. But the cost associated with it still being Allegiance, not that they should have removed Allegiance, right? But it kind of misses the mark here that, like, there are so many worthless cards in this faction or cards that just hard commit to aggro that, like, what can you even do? I mean, honestly, I still am kind of resentful of the fact that, and I, I guess there might be thematically, but, like, spiders are so enforced in noxus and yet you can't play a noxus only spider deck really you yep. ha you're forced to go over to shadow isles where shadow isles can play a spider only list over there without having to come and grab noxus and so we see that in all, all through noxus you have like the self-damage things that want to go with Freljord. you have the um stun things that want to go with yasuo over in ionia but we don't see that cohesive identity for a primary noxus list outside of aggro yeah, yeah I fully even, agree. And even that, you have to splash it up to make it viable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's that... just not enough payoff to be in mono Noxus right now. Like, this is not enough of a payoff to force you to not go into another region. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. But in the future, hopefully, I'd love to see more. Like you said, I love the control tools that we've been getting. I feel like Riot has this vision for a sweet Noxus control deck. I feel like that's what they're trying to do with, like, Swain. He feels like a good control Leviathan. finisher. Leviathan and like you said, fervor, Reckoning. all that. Like it's great. The Raven card. Like we're yes. getting stuff. I feel like we'll be there in an expansion or two, but right now this is just 
Yeah, it, yeah it's just, the faction I mean, that's sort I of just, an in-between. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I just scroll through and I look at how many cards just will like just never see play. Like decisive maneuver. Sorry. No. You know, like I I look at things like um like battering ram. And I know you can play some meme stuff with battering ram. Don't get me wrong. Like you can play meme stuff with any of this 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 stuff. But really what does what does including uh armored tusk rider really do to advance the faction and the types of decks you can play? You know, like Armored Tusk Rider, really cool card, but like, does it really do that much more than Trifarian Shieldbreaker and Legion General and Minotaur Reckoner and Orc Glenhorn? It's crazy that the fact that it has this many six drops, beefy six drops, and yet we really don't see them played because they they don't work with the strategy. And when you get to that top end, you know, you, you kind of need to be able to play uh, standalone threats that that aren't reliant on on already having a board or you know auric glenhorn is is a brilliantly interesting card but i, I i'm, I'm kind of like well so i have to already have them damaged and then play this you know very mana inefficient card and then attack with it like there's just so many prerequisites for a lot of these you know supposed payoff cards you know that don't they either don't pay off hard enough or they're too hard to set up so yeah i i just so like basilisk rider it just really kind of gravitated and kind of proved the fact after messing with it that i just don't think noxus is in a very good place compared to a lot of the other factions which feel um like they have an identity and i'm just really lacking that noxus identity right now yeah yeah well captain farion might give you a little bit because he is the card of reach he was an eight mana eight eight with overwhelm and when you played him would replace all the cards in your hand with decimates which is i believe what four mana deal five to the enemy nexus is that accurate yeah. it's slow uh deal four it deals four. Oh, okay five mana deal four five mana deal four not four mana deal yeah. five okay five mana mm -hmm. deal four the enemy nexus it's slow then so if you would play this card and you had he was the only card in your hand which was frequent whenever you got turn eight you would just have nothing. He would do nothing. He'd be an eight mana, eight, eight with overwhelm, or you wouldn't want to replace some of your cards. So now instead of doing that, he just creates three decimates and puts them in your hand. So now you're playing an eight mana, eight, eight with overwhelm, get three extra, draw three decimates. Um, and uh, that is pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. It gives you 12 points of reach plus an eight mana, eight, eight at the end of the game. And your opponent can do a limited amount about that. And uh, I think that is pretty cool. So I, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on on, on the cap here, but uh, I was like, you know what? That could be a card I want to mess around with. Maybe there's a control deck that does splash Noxus, um, or maybe there's, maybe there, I don't know what there would be, but there'd be something that splashes Noxus that I just need a little bit of reach, um, and this yeah. would provide the reach that I would need. I think that he's a really cool, I think this is a very good adjustment to him. Whether or not he'll be great or not, I'm not sure, but I think it's a good adjustment. Saucy, did you have any thoughts on the cap? Yeah, I really, really like it. Um, a deck that I've been I've played a lot in the past is Karma Captain Farron uh, OTK, uh, because the decimates cast twice when you play sure. them. Uh, but the weird thing in that deck is you have to play her first, or you can never play Captain Farron. Uh, so at least a lot of weird things because she he would turn her into a decimate because it replaces your hands with decimates. So this is just great. I'm super excited <laughs> to play more of that deck. It's just a strict buff. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Farron is really cool. And actually, so and this is, I think he's really nice. He can be nice in control. I think he's really nice as a top and mid range. 
actually. And he's still an mm -hmm. eight eight overwhelm. Yeah. And so I was chatting with Gibbles and Bits, and so we tried to make a deck that wanted to utilize these beefy overwhelm creatures. So we tried to fit in Basilisk Rider, um, you know, Captain Farron as a top end, playing Darius, you know, really just kind of going all in on some of these new cards, just playing around with them, see how they feel, right? Um, and we ended up pairing it with Yetis, like the cheap Yeti package, like uh, of Tall Tales, Trapper, uh, and two of the one mana yearlings, Yeti yearlings, right? With the idea of creating a draw engine off of Trifarian Assassin. Uh, mm -hmm. But we went, uh, I guess it's a total of eight Freljord and 32 Noxus. And that's kind of what lent this idea that, of, that we already talked about with the Basilisk Rider was that I was realizing, man, we can just cut the Basilisk Rider and make this deck way better by including more Freljord yeah. cards, <laughs> you know? Uh, and just, yeah, okay, the Basilisk Rider is really cool when it comes out, but like, um, you know, I hear Omenhawk's a pretty good card. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, uh, and so we we kind of were messing with that. But what was really cool, and we actually did win two out of the three matches. We we kind of were just hanging out playing on this his laptop. Won two out of three matches because of Captain Farron, because we get it to the point of the game, and 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 he expressed it perfectly. You know, uh, Gibby was like, "Yo, he's like Captain Farron gives us twelve damage, you know, over two or three turns." But they have to spend their time dealing with the eight eight overwhelm while we spam that damage, mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, I mean, it's it's absolutely correct in that, you know. Oh no! And if they don't, what are they going to do? Like they're going to cast their denies on one of my three uh, decimates. It's not like when you would have it at the top end of an aggro deck, and and you know they're they're out of cards. If you deny that that decimate, you've got a chance to stabilize. You know, I mean, this is just. I, I was very impressed with it. Um, is it going to catapult Noxus into the forefront? Yeah, I don't know, but I tell you what, I was it's like a Ladros. It's Ladros, man, but for Noxus. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I uh I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing it. I'm gonna be playing it. Yep. Yeah. Listen, there is a ton of cards to get through yet, and we have been here for quite a while. We're running out of time. So here's my proposal. Let's each pick one more card out of the cards that have been adjusted <laughs> to highlight and to talk about. And then we want to talk about what cosmetic is the best. And we'll just go over the last bits of this and then and then and work our way out of here. So I'll go first so that you guys can make your choices as to which one you want to talk about. The one that I want to talk about real quickly, and, and you guys don't have to have a ton of thoughts on it, is Ren Shadowblade because he was a huge rework. Ren Shadowblade was an eight mana six four. Um, that when he summons, uh, uh, summon a hold when the enemy summons a follower, granite ephemeral, he is now a four mana three three with quick attack that reads, um, create strike, create a shadow fiend in hand, which is a one mana four three ephemeral. Before this card was interesting, but just not great. You never saw play. I thought it was really cool. The artwork on it's really, really cool. And I love the new direction for it. I love the new theme. Still don't know if it's good, um, but it is, I love the theme of it. I just, I love the idea that this card is like striking and giving you shadows in hand that you can use in future turns. And and you know what? Shadow Fiend has never been a great card. One mana, four, three with ephemeral, unless you were, you know, picking it up, I think like Deathmark, right? Um, but it's really good when it is uh, generated for you. A one mana 4-3 ephemeral is really hard for your opponent to deal with, and it works so well now with um, 
if you're trying to resurrect sharks, um, if you're trying to power up your Hecarim, um, you play Zed on, on three, you play Ren Shadowblade on four. Um, I think that that curve helps a lot and makes a lot of sense. I just really like it. It gives you another quick attack creature. Granted, we have a lot of three attack quick attack creatures in this game um, or champions, uh, maybe too many, but uh, Ren Shadowblade is my choice. I really like the the rework on it. Of course, they've reworked a couple of epic cards from different factions um, that they wanted to sort of have more flavor. I think they did a really good job with this one. Once again, I haven't played it yet, but this was the card that I looked through and I was like, oh man, the artwork on this card has always made me want to play it. And I've never put it in a deck because I just always like, I don't know when I'd ever want this. Um, and, uh, and now I'm like, okay, this is more of like a tempo aggressive style versus like a weird, terrible control deck card. And, uh, I'm, I'm a pump to play it. So I'm going to be taking out Ren Shadowblade this week. Absolutely. Take uh, it. yeah. Saucy. What's the one that you want to highlight? Petty officer, uh, petty officer is getting a buff from one health to two health. Uh, this card is he was already quite strong, and I think this is actually super, super huge of a buff. Uh, he Any card that gives you options to choose what you want to do are good, i.e. TF. Um, and so this card is basically relevant at any time, but most of the, but he was always dying to Vile Feast, Withering Whale, um, Parlay, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Him having two health allows him to do a lot more, and I think this is actually a really big buff, and we're going to see a lot more Petty Officer on the ladder. Petty officer. Yeah, totally agree. Um, that was the one I was going to say. So, uh, <laughs> looks, like, look, looks like kegs are back on the menu, boys. <laughs> um, I guess I will talk about uh, the the elephant in the room that we haven't touched yet, uh, which is uh, nab. Okay, or sure. Steel. First off, don't love the word nab. <laughs> I don't know why it's just not as fun as steel. Yeah, yeah nab or is not yoink. nab is not a great word. Yeah, can can they have just to, if we already call it yoink, guys? Can we put yoink one, yoink two? You know, like that would be way more fun. You know, don't you know Yordle Grifter? We could call him yoink yoinky Grifter. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, let's just go yeah. all in on it. Yeah, let's do uh, it. <laughs> uh, but no, so the steal from deck cards. This is an important thing for us to mention, I think, because we've talked about it in the past, and I think yeah. a lot of people in our community are like interested in where Yoink goes, um, because there's a lot of kind of division, I think, about it. Um, what they did is the uh, steal cards now pull from the bottom of the enemy deck, so that solves a lot of people's complaints about Freljord uh, and Omen Hawk things getting stolen. Um, so there you go. Uh, I totally agree with that, by the way. I think that that should have happened. It's an easy fix to make playing Freljord feel not so bad and let Freljord be good at what they're good at um, without risk of having those super, you know, weird matchups where it's like, well, crap, I shouldn't play my Omen Hawk, maybe, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's good. Uh, obviously, it doesn't draw champions like more. I mean, that's really the only change. Black Market Merchant got moved down one health, which I just found out. Uh, but I mean, I guess that's okay. I don't like it. I didn't feel like that was necessary. And that kind of brings me to my greater point about it, which really isn't about the card change, but just about like steel. Um, some people are still really unhappy about it. Some people are still really hating steel and I just don't get it at all. Like I don't understand the hate for it. 
Well, Sauce, is this one of those, like, it's not actually that good, it just makes people feel bad type of things that we were talking about earlier about, like, should it be adjusted just because it feels bad? Or is this, like, it? I mean, there's been some legitimately very competitive decks made with all the steel mechanics, too. There's a lot of issues with the mechanic, but it's not the mechanic itself. Um, the biggest problem is all of the cards that do steal from your opponent's hand are way too efficient and way overstatted. So Pilfered Goods, two mana draw two at burst speed is better than any card draw we have in the entire game. Uh, it doesn't matter that it's coming from your opponent's deck or your deck. The card value you're getting for two mana burst speed draw two is insane. Um, and the thing is, like, taking from your opponent's deck, your opponent, if unless you're playing stupid shit on normals, your opponent's generally going to put good cards in their deck. Well, um, not now with Poros. Poros yeah, are a nerf to playing, pilfered goods. <laughs> now there's going to be a bunch of stupid crap. But uh, the, the higher, and the thing is, the, the, the mechanic gets better only the higher you get on ladder. Um, so, like, and that's why a lot of Masters players hate this because, you know, you're playing decks that are specifically tuned and you need the things in your deck and then you don't have them. Um, I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing. Uh, there is a lot of, like, psychological feel-bad that goes from it. Um, none of the cards, you know, systematically change in any way from this change. Um, it just makes you feel less bad when they take the thing that you probably would never draw anyways versus they took your thing that you are going to draw. Unless you're playing Freljord. Um, like, I, I stole someone's uh, 910 Starlet Seer the other day, and I laughed. Um, but that's just a thing that, that doesn't happen anymore. But the cards themselves, Black Market Merchant Change does nothing to the card. You never just play this card naked. You always play it with a pilfered goods behind it. Yeah. Um, I think a better change to Black Market Merchant would have been if he reduced the cost of the first card you steal by one um, or the card that he steals by or, one, or maybe not like all the of them. first card per turn or something like that. Yeah, like the thing is you're always chaining two to five pilfered goods with him, and it's like absurd. Um, yeah. But all of it, like the, the Grifter, the pilfered goods, and the Black Market Merchant are just like very, very, very efficient card advantage engines. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, like in and of itself. I mean, if that is, I mean, that's part of the Bilgewater identity. I mean, we're pirates for God's sakes. We're stealing stuff, you know, but I think like, I, I guess like, I just want to defend the, I, so Pilfered Goods I'm on board with. Like, I, I agree about how efficient it is. Yeah. And it's funny too, because when, when Mark and I first looked at it, we had this big debate over whether it was good or bad because this, there's the common and, and totally correct you know, preconceived idea about like the cards in my deck are going to be better for me than the cards in your deck. Right. Where like, I know that I built my deck. I know what's in it. I need the cards in my deck, right. More than I need the cards in their deck. And I, mean, I think that that is a very valid thing, but like I expressed at the time, I mean, Pilfer Goods is just so efficient, right. And very easy to play and quickly get yeah. bailout cards at the end of the game. Like, Oh my gosh, they're pushing lethal. Let me quickly throw a pilfered goods out. And Oh, look, I snagged up whatever it is. That's going to stop them from getting lethal or slow down, whatever big play it is. So like, I, I understand the pilfered goods thing, even if maybe I'm, I'm okay with Bilgewater having strong cards. I think there's a weird thing going on here where like, there's a lot of people who are looking at this newcomer faction and being annoyed that they have good cards. Yeah. Um, I saw some people complaining about like Riptide Rex, and I'm like, why are you complaining? So about many them people hate that good... card. Yeah. I'm like, why are you complaining about a, a faction having a good card? If anything, and I, I was like, 
I see what they're saying about like, well, every every deck every deck that has that plays it uh, that plays Bilgewater will play Rex, and I'm like, that's totally true. I mean, not completely, but it's mostly true. But the reason why is that they actually don't have an alternative. There's no alternative way to kind of. So I think what we're seeing here is really more that like, if anything, Bilgewater might be like too cohesive in that like almost every except for Deep, almost every of the champions want to play with the steel, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas we see that opposite effect on Noxus, where like all of the stuff is all over the place, right? There isn't that cohesion. We saw that early on in the life of of uh, SI, right? Where like everything wants to kill its own stuff, whether it's ephemeral, whether it's spiders, whether it's you know whatever, you know, curse keeper decks, like they all kill their same thing. So Rosh is always good, you know. Hecarim in many ways was always good, you know. Um, and so I think maybe that is what kind of feels bad about some of these things. But like, I just want to push back on the idea that like, oh no, Bilgewater has strong cards because I think yeah. we're still reacting to the idea of there's another faction out there. Yeah. I, I think the mechanic, like I said, I think the mechanic itself is fine. I love the, it's called NAB now mechanic. Um, I, I think it's fine, but I just think the cards that are the NAB cards are just a little too efficient. Um, I don't want to see them nerfed into the ground, but I think Pilfered Goods is a little overstated for its cost. The card I just wouldn't want to see little Grifter nerfed. I, no, I think, think Grifter's fine. Perfect. I think it's a fine card. Yeah, it's, it's, in, it's necessary in many ways for the kind of decks that, that Bilgewater wants to play. If you want to play a Bilgewater-focused deck anyways, you kind of need the Grifter. It's one of my favorite cards. Like yeah. he, he's, His value alone is great, and he's really good in Kegnivia. <laughs> your yeah, no your doubt. warning shots deal two damage minimum for zero <laughs> mana that's amazing yeah and i just i just love that kind of i mean because running warning shot and of itself some some decks do but like running warning shot and of itself feels pretty bad and so i like the ability to to get generate that one blunder generator and and you know i i would love to see um, other ways to use plunder that isn't triggering your pill for goods uh, or riptide rex and so like that's kind of where i'm what i'm getting at is i even advocated like hey if, if we think riptide rex is seeing too much play uh because it's the only real finisher option stuff let's let's buff the siren or buff the dreadway or make some of these other expensive cards like what's that elusive one that does stuff to the rest of your deck for the rest of the game make yeah some of the other late game too yeah make some of those other late game options a little more enticing you know smooth soloist you know as yeah, yeah smooth it. soloist as someone who came like from hearthstone when i ended hearthstone all that i played for the last six months of my hearthstone experience was thief rogue or Bur- burgle rogue burgle rogue burgle where i just burgle, stool burgle. stuff that's all i ever wanted to play is my favorite deck in the game and i played a lot of thief priest and they so called it burgle um nab uh let, let's just nab is nab a is terrible bad. name that nab is just nab bad. is a trash tier keyword yeah yep. let's I'm just glad we all agree nab, on that. nab is bad um yeah but i'm so used to those decks were memes in hearthstone so i just thought they should be in this and but they weren't as efficient or as predictable in hearthstone as they are in uh in this and the pilfered goods is really the more i've played against it the more i've been like okay too many times now you've played this and I've sort of laughed to myself thinking now I get to beat you because you have my cards and not your cards. And then they beat me with my cards and I'm like, Hmm. Mm, okay. Between spell mana and two mana pilfered goods. I'm like, uh, I don't like the feeling that yeah. I'm never able to not block you. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and I, like, I, I don't think the mechanic, like we all said, isn't is, isn't the issue. I, I mean, I did have a game yesterday where I, against an opponent, took, he was in a Poro deck, and I took all of his uh, Poro snacks and his Aurora Poro Alice and uh, beat <laughs> wow. him with that. <laughs> but I, it was, it was, I had, I had Poro snacks in my hand, and I was just playing them just to be a jerk. I'm like, well, I have mana. I'm not going to do anything. I'll just play a Poro snack and do a sad Poro in the moat. And then I actually got Poros, but yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think they could do, I, I will say Pilford Goods will get a change. Um, I'm sure of it at some point. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I don't think this change really does anything to the mechanic. Stealing from the bottom is you're still getting the cards. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Just, it does. It helps the Yeti card, the Avaros and Trapper. Yeah. Against yeah, Freljord is really the only thing. Yeah. It helps yeah. Avaros and Trapper a lot. Um, Love, love and Omenhawk. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Omenhawk for sure. So they also they also released in this patch some new cosmetics. So we just got Lee Sin's new board called Lee Sin's Iron Will. And I'll be completely honest with you. I was like, this board is nothing. I don't understand this because I didn't realize that Lee Sin was etched in stone across it. Um, he is. But he is. And I did absolutely didn't see it until just now. So it is cooler. Oh, yeah. It is cooler now um, because he's doing a super sick flying karate kick across the board. Um, so we got that. We got um, we got uh, Von Yip, which is a cat, a, a, a cat that chases a sparkle. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Not a cat person. So um, three new card backs. We got the Lee Sin dragon tattoo card back. We got the Fizz on the Sharkhead card back. We got the MF with the smoke from her pistols card back. And then we got uh, three new emotes as well, which is uh, Katharina, Vi, and Fizz. So we got some new Fizz stuff. Um, and then you can also buy the Lee Sin stuff as a bundle. So you can get the Lee Sin board and card back as a bundle and it will give you an exclusive Lee Sin icon as well, which is kind of cool. And this is something they've done in other games. It's like, okay, you have Udyr. Um, if you buy this really cool Udyr skin, we'll also give you some Udyr icons to go along with that. And so sort of packaging it and giving you this thing that you can only get through buying the package if you're a big Lee Sin fan is uh, is is pretty cool. I, I like that. Do you guys have a favorite cosmetic that came out in this set? Uh, this new set of cosmetics or something that you're just really chomping at the bit to get your hands on? Well, you guys already know mine. I already have the uh, Fizz card back on all my decks. So On all of done. them. Went in and changed them 100%, all. 100%. <laughs> 100% all. Oh, yeah. I, I Predictable, but uh, it yep. had to be said. <laughs> it's not surprising to anyone. Yeah, I actually really like the uh, Vi over it emote. Where she like blows her hair up. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that one a lot. I also do really like the uh, MF uh, card back because you you know I love me some pirates. Yeah, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I I was really afraid of liking MF in this game because I was like, they you know they have done a good job of over sexualizing some females through yeah. League of Legends, and I was afraid they were going to do that with MF. And I love the fact that they didn't. They allowed to MF to be a really cool pirate chick without having to over-sexualize her, which I really appreciate. Yeah. She has way I more did, clothes yeah. on than I expected her to have on in both of- 100% agree. Her pre and leveled up forms. And honestly, that has made me, that has given me a great deal of faith in the Riot team and their art direction. And um, this card back is super cool. 
I love yeah. the smoke that's coming out of her pistol pistols that wisps around the bottom of the card back. Um, if there's one that I'm going to buy, and I'm gonna buy a bunch of emotes because I've never I have not bought any emotes yet. So my emote oh. game is on dead zero. Um Between and that and not playing Braum. I know I'm with gonna, you. How am I doing a podcast? Right. Um, but I think the MF card back might be the first card back that I pick up because I think it is just I really think That's it good. looks really good. Um, I think they did a really, really good job with it. Not that the Lee Sin one is bad. The, the golden dragon, glowing dragon tattoos cool. is is very, very cool. I'm just not an enormous Lee Sin fan in the card or in the game. Um, but I will admit, his board looks so much cooler the more that I realize yeah, that Lee. he's on there. <laughs> yeah. And they the do like, like a it. flying kick. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's some... What's cool about Lee Sin is it kind of combines uh, Daredevil and Iron Fist into one one character <laughs> yeah and so as a huge like uh marvel comics fan i'm i'm kind of loving the the iron fist daredevil mashup that is lee sin <laughs> it is cool it is cool okay guys last closing question what is the deck that you're most excited to play now that the patch is out what's the one that you're because none of us have really gotten much of an opportunity to play the game since the patch has come out what is the one that that you're chomping at the bit to get at and I'll, I'll go to Saucy first. Have him answer what one he's most excited for. Cagnivia still. That's my that's my current true love. Cagnivia. And you got do, now? Do you run the uh, what is it? The first mate or whatever? The uh, petty officer? Do you run petty officer? Oh yeah. So you petty got two buffs. All star. Yep. Yeah, the deck just got better. It didn't get worse at all. Nice. It's just strictly better. Nice. DVN. How about you? Uh, Brahm in every shape and color. Okay. Doesn't Mine, matter what faction, I'm playing Braum with it. Playing Braum. Mine is going to be uh, Ren Shadowblade with Zed Heck. Um, I want to go back to Zed Hecarim, which is what I cl played in closed beta and I really loved. And um, I think that Ren may give me the opportunity to do that a little bit more. And so I want to experiment with Ephemerals again because it was one of my favorite things and has sort of fallen off um, in popularity. Yep. And that has been one of my favorite things to play is the ephemeral list. So I'm I'm gonna mess around with Ren and, and check that out uh, for sure. Can I can I bring up one quick point because we forgot the most important thing of the entire patch? Yes, tell us what it is. I, I I'm 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 you know I just hate to be the one that has to bring this up and you know not trying to take over your podcast or anything, but the most important thing, the biggest buff of the entire patch, uh, Timo level up effects polished. <laughs> <laughs> Have you leveled him up yet to see what it looks like? I haven't I haven't even gotten to play yet today. Okay. Well, I am curious to know what it is because I will admit this. Timo's level up effect in comparison to like TF's is very underwhelming. I yeah, mean, 100%. If you think of TF's like TF's the cards and like the screen all changes and everything, and Timo is just like it's like a popping noise. Yeah. It's like a popping, bloop, noise. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, like a popping <laughs> noise and some yeah, footprints. It's, it's not nearly it's as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they yeah, could have definitely yeah, done TF, more. TF like Gangplank is one of my favorites. I adore Gangplank's level up with the cannons. Oh, yes. Like I wish there was a Timo one where like he appeared on the bottom of the screen and shot you with a dart like he shot a dart out like it was coming <laughs> at you yeah. yeah i just think that that would be really cool i think that they could have done something more creative than just have him because like i don't i guess he's elusive so that does play into his the nautilus in the one game, is but... pretty underwhelming too if i'm remembering it correctly i love the nautilus one i think the, it's one of the, the best the level the up animations. One? that's the one the yeah, anchor comes out right correct. 
Yeah, the, the, the anchor comes out. The Nautilus one. The okay. water rises. Well, the voice so lines for Nautilus are amazing. <laughs> so good. I love the voice line between the Fizz Nautilus. Because there's one where Nautilus says to Fizz, I hate you. Yeah. Um, I love Fizz's uh, voice. Line. I'm Fizz. I'm just I'm the best. freaking love it. <laughs> Fizz is not my favorite. Such good voice lines. I'm glad that someone loves Timo and Fizz out there because it's not me. Um, <laughs> well, listen, this episode has gone long enough. Let me give a quick closing thought and then we'll get out of here. And I promise my closing thought will be quick. And I thought I was already perfect. So on this show, what I try to do is add something to your life in general. So hopefully it's not just about the game, but your life as a person, you can live better. Um, and I actually got this idea from the Secret Cabal Gaming Podcast with Tony Topper's words of wisdom at the end. So this this week's is this. In our world today, there's a lot of things that are outside of your control. There's a lot of things that you can't do anything about. A lot of things that are a little bit crazy. A lot of things that you want to have a voice on and maybe you can't. Um, and, uh, and I was reminded of something to this week. And a, a mentor of mine said that you can control three things in life. And that is your, your allegiance, your attitude, and your effort your allegiance, your attitude, and your effort. And uh, as I've just been pondering that, I'm just going to leave that. I'm not going to expand on it much. Um, I'm just going to leave you with that, that, that in life you can, you can change, you can, you can control three things, your allegiance, your attitude, and your effort. And so um, think about where those three things lie and how you can adjust those things to really work towards the life that you actually want to have, um, not the life that you currently necessarily have be based off of just your reactions to things i think that just being conscious of how you react to things and who you are as an individual is an important part of achieving or getting to a life that you actually desire or that you prefer so your allegiance your attitude and your effort are the three things that we can control those are my closing thoughts and words of wisdom for this week's episode didn't have one last week so i had to make sure i brought something this week um, so thanks for tuning in with us. I do want to say a quick thank you, uh, saucy mailman. Thank you so much for coming and joining us. We deeply appreciate your participation in our community and your willingness to come on the show and be here with us. Um, where can people find you and get plugged in? I mean, your stuff is going to be in our show notes, but where can people find you and get plugged in if they'd like to do that? Yeah. If you want to follow the stuff that I do, um, you can go to my website, saucymailman.com. It has links to all my stuff. Um, I also post on YouTube a bunch and on Twitch. I stream four or five days a week. Just saucy mailman. Both of those um, play a lot of fizz. <laughs> fizz and Kegnevia. Uh, yep. There'll the, be a lot of Kegnevia. Those two things. DBM, where can people find you? Especially because you're going to be putting out a video for uh, that we casted a, a match that we casted from the Discord League. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, hopefully that will be up, I'm going to tentatively say tomorrow night, uh, but we will see. And I'm hopefully, I, I said last week I was going to put a video up, and then like my weekend was absolutely nuts, and I was barely home, uh, which kind of sucked. Uh, but uh, I mean, it was good, but it, I you know didn't get a chance to record anything. But I know I'm going to be playing a, so much Braum that I, I'm 100% just going to be recording some of the games. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be on YouTube. Dead Broke Nerd, super easy to find, I mean, hopefully. Uh, and, um, yeah, we're going to be putting up the, – the format's not going to be super fancy. It's just me and Mark casting one of the games, and I'm hopefully going to cast at least one each week. I had, like, three or four people send me matches for week one. 
uh, and I'm maybe going to try to do one more for this week one. But uh, but guys, keep doing that. Um, hopefully what we'll be able to do is, especially if you get those matches done earlier in the week is better. So that way I know I have time. If you send it to me at the end of the the given week for for doing your match, it's going to probably be less likely that I'm going to that I'm going to be able to cast it and put it up there. But uh, yeah, Deadbrook Nerd. And uh, yeah, once again, I just want to thank uh, Saucy Mailman for coming on. First off, uh, it was a ton of fun and just super goofy, which is perfect for us, for me and Mark. Uh, but I will say, too, it's really cool. We have a lot of guests who have come on our show throughout the Tesla days, uh, throughout the um, the Runeterra days as well. And it is very rare to have someone so actively and positively engaged in our community uh, who is also somebody who has their own things, their own agenda, their own stuff going on in their life. We intend to interview you know, streamers and casters and stuff, and those people are so busy. It's not their fault that they don't have time to come on and goof off in a Discord, and yet Saucy Man makes that time um, and pours so much positivity into our community. I just want to thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. I want to give one other thank you on our way out, too. We had a new Patreon subscriber this week. We already announced him in the chat, but that uh, that sweet, sweet five bucks a month coming from Volunteer. Yeah. Um, so, Volunteer, thank you so much for being a supporter of the show. You're awesome. You make this thing happen. You're a huge encouragement to me and DBN. We deeply, deeply appreciate and you appreciate you and you're making uh, the Discord League happen because that's basically where we're putting the funds at. Next week, we will have a drawing for a new hat, so if you want to leave us a five-star rating in review on iTunes, you can do that and get in the drawing for the Legends Cast Snapback um, uh, hat. It is a really nice black on black with gold lettering logo hat. Um, and, uh, and you can win one of those next week. If you leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and I will personally ship that thing out to you. Um, we typically would do it on this episode, um, but we're going to do it on the first of July. So it'll be right at the end of the month. So we're giving you that last full week to get in your review. If you would like to be in the drawing for the June opportunity to win a sick, sick legends cast hat. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. We thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to legends cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.